You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is our number two of The Rob Carson Show. I hope you had a great weekend with your friends and family. Another, uh, what, last weekend for preseason football for the NFL. Uh, I'm a Chiefs fan. I live in Kansas City. I'm also a Baltimore Ravens fan. I've moved around the country, but uh, I believe the Chiefs start on the 17th of September. And, uh, yeah, at least we have something to look forward to with regard to uh, NFL football. It's one of the things. And maybe you were into college football, too. I I would be uh, if I still lived, like, in Columbia, Missouri, where I used to live, even though their their team always sucks in football. But I follow college football a little bit more. But uh, it's a little – it's a little – I live in Kansas, and I – Oh, it's the seventh. Did I say the seventeenth? Okay, the uh, the Chiefs start on the seventh. That's seven. I'm just kidding. I made that. It's a Bruce Almighty line. So the seventh. I said the seventeenth. So anyway, yeah, football's coming up here, and we have uh, things to look forward to. Um, the uh, leader of uh, uh, Black Voices for Trump is uh, only one among former President Trump's 19 co-defendants to be denied bail in Fulton County, uh, Georgia, um, and he uh, he's being withheld. District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, is accusing uh, of trying to pressure an election worker into testifying about alleged ballot manipulation. And uh, Floyd is one of two black co-defendants represented himself in court because he's not able to afford legal counsel. Well, that's a little metaphorical, isn't it? <clears throat> I hear that a, uh, a GoFundMe has been raised uh, for this man. Uh, in 2020, during the Black Lives Matter uh, riots, volunteers from Black Voices for Trump cleaned up cities that were damaged, like Kenosha. Then-candidate Joe Biden failed to condemn the rioting for several days. Well, I mean, it certainly has to stay in, stay in jail. Floyd is a Marine Corps veteran. He's going to be held in jail until his trial at Fulton County Jail, which left-wing slate.com decries as a jail where nobody should be held because of poor conditions there where people die in squalor. Slate suggested, you ready for this? You ready for this? Yeah, uh, white defendants are rarely held there because of discrimination and because they are more likely to be able to afford private attorneys. Black Lives Matter has been silent thus far about Floyd's detention. Of course they have. So there you go, kids. The black guy uh, involved in Trump's case doesn't get bail. And he's going to rot in a filthy, rotten prison where 15 inmates have died in the last year. One from a bed bug infestation. They let him die in his cell, eaten alive by bed bugs. The hood and the trailer are coming together, I'm telling you. Here's Joe Biden this weekend. You know, uh, Joe Biden should have got a hero's welcome wherever he went because Donald Trump got arrested and he got his mug shot. But uh, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Ooh, it's not going to end well for those in power. There should be a circumstance where the jobs that are being displaced And then this is Donald Trump in Georgia. Listen. That's in the hood. Like I told you. Like I told you. The hood and the trailer are coming together because there are a lot of similarities. A lot, a lot, a lot of similarities. Both people ignored by the federal government. 
the uh, the hood uh, uh, ignored by Democrats because Democrats reliably expect their vote. So they don't give a crap. They make some promises. They leave some money on the dresser in the morning. They get up and leave. And the opposite is going on with uh, Trailer Park because they know that they're most probably not going to get the Trailer Park vote. So screw them. Screw East Palestine. They're never going to vote Democrat. And, and I might mention also most Republicans in Washington, D.C. don't give a rat's behind about them either. So, uh, you know, these are, all, these are all really good things. I, I don't know if any of these trials are going to happen before uh, Donald Trump is elected president. But uh, we will see. The D.C. case, by the way, is going to be held in March of next year. U.S. Judge Tanya Tutkan, who is a, uh, I believe she is a uh, Klingon. She is. She's Tanya Tutkan. Anyway, uh, March 4th, one of four criminal prosecutions the former president faces. Uh, this is a day before Super Tuesday, which adds fuel to the fire that this is all political. You know why? Because it's all political. Here's Jim Jordan talking about uh, talking to Fannie Willis and, uh, and all of these indictments being coordinated. And I'm hopeful that these will, this in combination with impeachment of Joe Biden, will allow Donald Trump to run unencumbered for the presidency and win. Did you coordinate with the Biden administration, the same administration who's indicted their general election opponent in D.C. and Miami already? Did you coordinate with them? Did you work with Jack Smith? Same, uh, same look at the same witnesses. What did any coordination there? And did you use federal funds as part of this investigation? We have now, I picked this up the night that Fonnie Willis stayed up late until midnight to announce his indictment because she was on under pressure to get it done that week. Uh, um, uh, Newt Gingrich actually admitted this. He says insiders are telling him that sh they told her, you got to get this done by tonight. And she spent all day there. And they asked her, they said, have you had any contact with Jack Smith? And she said, I'm not going to comment on that. That is, and I believe will be proven, to show that there is coordination and conspiracy to throw the election by going after Donald Trump with nonsense indictments, all timed perfectly for the election year. The same questions of Alvin Bragg a few months ago, and he in fact did use American tax dollars to go after President Trump in Manhattan. And oh, by the way... Alvin Bragg sued us when we subpoenaed one of those prosecutors up there in Manhattan. He sued us. We went to court, and the court, court ruled for us. So we're going to be just as aggressive here. We're going to do it within the Constitution, but we're going to do our duty to get the answers the American people deserve for this ridiculous indictment that's taken place in Georgia. Yeah, Jonathan Turley says <clears throat> the House has got to begin this impeachment inquiry of, uh, of Joe Biden. He says that uh, not only has the Department of Justice dragged out an investigation into Hunter Biden that has seen the statute of limitations expire on major potential crimes, Garland has refused to probe then-Vice President Biden's possible involvement. And he's, you know, up to his ears in it. It's, it's very clear. The American people get it. They see that, uh, that Joe Biden is corrupt as the day is long. They look at the, the suspicious activity reports and, and the money and the millions of dollars going to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. The American people all know they're thick as thieves. Of course they're working together. Of course he's getting money because, because uh, 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 Joe Biden was the, uh, the vice president and then the president. Of course. It all makes sense, right? 
Of course it does. Here is uh, Byron Donalds talking to Newsmax about uh, Fannie Willis and going after her for uh, RICO charges like she's using against Trump. So actually, the real RICO indictment for Fannie Willis is what's going on with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden right now. That's the real RICO investigation because that is racketeering. The stuff we're putting together on oversight where now he's using other email accounts with other aliases, Robert L. Peters, he's emailing Hunter. They're on the plane going to all these countries. Oh, Hunter's yeah. not on Delta. He's yeah. on Air Force Two. All the stuff that was going on, that's the real racketeering case. I think with this last indictment, once again, it's showing people in middle America, they're not dyed-in-the-wool Republicans. Yeah. They're not They're not yeah. heavy Democrats. They're normal people. They live here in Milwaukee. Yeah. They live in Chicago. Yeah. They live in Pittsburgh. They live in Philadelphia. Normal people are looking at this and saying, this is a lot of BS. What's the, 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 the rich man north of Richmond song? The yes. Oliver, yeah. uh, that song? That's yeah. indicative of what a lot of people are feeling. And if you see the justice system going after a candidate for president who was a former president like this over, frankly, at best, semantics, yeah. come on. I think yeah, we can see well, through that. Yeah, people are beginning to see through it. Um, this is uh, Jesse Waters. Uh, he talked about some of the new information that people will know about uh, Joe Biden. And it's pretty. It's not surprising, I guess. Did you realize this? Check this out. Did you know that Hunter Biden only lived two weeks at the White House before they moved him out to a $16,000 a month uh, Barbie mansion in, uh, in, uh, in California? Did you know that? You know what happened during those two weeks? They found cocaine at the White House. <laughs> and they're finding that uh, Hunter Biden used to fly a lot with his old man and do business. Primetime can confirm Hunter Biden was using Air Force Two as business travel. Wow. None of this footage has been altered in any way. Back in February of 2013, Vice President Biden went to Berlin, Germany. There's Jill with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, who's that? Vice President Joe Biden invited his son Hunter back onto Air Force Two for a trip to Asia. The next day, Air Force Two took Joe and Hunter to China. A $25 million deal materialized Weird. between China and the Biden clan. Weird. There's Hunter again. <laughs> this time in the back of a limo in South Korea. Somehow there he is in the yeah. vice president's motorcade. Yeah. There's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, can we say the... Uh... Nobody believes that anymore. I think so, except for Jessica Tarlov on uh, on the the five. Uh, she is the, uh, I guess I would say the. She's like the um, uh, uh, mentally deficient, um, uh, not terribly intelligent Kennedy on uh, on the five. I don't think when they think of a two tiered system of justice, they think of a white billionaire who tried to overthrow. Yeah, the she's the stupid Kennedy. They think of Hunter Biden and his no, father they, as well. They really. It's just. When you talk to average people who respond to these surveys, that isn't what they're thinking about. And I've been clear. If Hunter Biden is guilty of something, lock him up. If Joe Biden... If Hunter Biden is guilty. Guilty of something, lock him up. Sure. They've got their own investigation. Well, they have their own But you're belittling department. what's going on here and how serious this is by just saying that this is about political opponents. It's not. Well, it's about... Oh, uh, yes, it is. Prosecutors are Democrats. That's not true. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. It is. Every DA and every federal prosecutor is a Democrat. This is the Department Smith of Justice. And, and the one in Atlanta and the one here in New York. They're, they're all, all Democrats. Democrats. What, what What? do you have to say to that? Oh, I, that I, well, A, I don't think that Jack Smith is. He's a uh, Democrat. Oh, my God. 
Uh, to you, uh, you uh, Jet Xers and Boomers, um, there was a TV show called Bewitched, and it was around like before I was born. But I watched it in syndication when I was a little boy. And uh, and uh, Samantha was the uh, the the wife, and she was really hot. Elizabeth Man- Montgomery, I'm still hot. She's just like wow, Elizabeth Gun- Montgomery, Sam from uh, Bewitched. And and then she had a uh, an evil twin that was Sabrina. Do you remember Sabrina? And she was Sam, but wearing a black wig with a little uh, 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 mole on her face. You know that hot mole they used to have on the face like Cindy Crawford had. <clears throat> um, uh, Jessica Tarlov is that. Kennedy is Sam. All right, so Sam is good. She's smart. She occasionally turns her husband into a donkey and summons a guy named Dr. Bombay, Bombay from Climbing Everest. It's weird. It's Uncle Arthur turns people into donkeys and all that. You know, but... But uh, Jessica Tarlov is the Sabrina, uh, and Kennedy is Sam. In other words, uh, Jessica Tarlov is the ignorant and not terribly smart Kennedy. So just the opposite of Kennedy. And I'm not talking about Ted Kennedy. I'm not talking about JFRFK. I'm talking about Kennedy, uh, who is on Fox, who used to be uh, MTV VJ in the early days of, uh, of MTV. So there you go. Hat tip to you uh, Gen Xers out there who write about my age. Um, a little bit more on this, including the uh, an interview with Victor Shokin. Now, he's the guy who was the prosecutor that Joe Biden had fired because Hunter Biden was working at Burisma, and the reason why Hunter Biden was working at Burisma was to get the prosecutor off of Burisma so they can continue their illegal activity without any problems. And he talked... <laughs> He spoke out on Friday. So we're going to get to that. Uh, Bernie Sanders said the U.S. economy is great. Uh, arson is happening all over the world. I've got an update on Maui, among other things. 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. I got a new uh, subwoofer in the Bronco. I've not had a subwoofer in a car before, but I have a subwoofer in the tailgate and you don't even notice it until this song comes on and then your head comes off it's like oh my god <laughs> i listened to a lot of music this weekend i shared some actually on social media and also i i shared some uh, delightful recipes i know that sounds kind of funny but i did i made tomato sauce i made uh i made marinara this weekend with fresh tomatoes and basil you know because it's one of the things i do you know because food brings us together it's kind of like what the Democrats are doing to us right now. They're bringing us together. And, and the deep state Republicans, by the way, they're bringing us together. They are. The hood, the trailer park, we're all coming together to realize that Washington, D.C. is awful. The people in charge in Washington, D.C. are awful. And they have been uh, slapping us around for a very long time. And it's becoming very, very, very obvious. And we're done with it. We are done with it. I'm going to get to this uh, Victor Shokin audio here in a few. i got a few things I want to get to before then, but I want to go to Scott in Kingsville. Scott's on the phone. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Yeah, Rob. Um, I hope somebody that represents President Trump is listening to your uh, radio station right now. Now, I happened to catch Huckabee last night, and it was very interesting because he had a member of a organization and that person who uh, sees and knows uh, uh, the insides of the organization and, and made some adverse comments about that organization. And that organization person, are we talking about? Well, I'm going to get, get there in a second. Okay. <laughs> and that person <laughs> right. would be called a snitch or a whistleblower. The particular insider was Robert Kennedy Jr., a hardcore Democrat. He admitted 
He did his own investigation. He says the Biden administration's dirty, the CIA uh, is dirty, the FBI is dirty. So anybody who can pull up last night's uh, interview when he was on Huckabee, it's obvious he's admitting that everything President Trump and his legal staff and you and everybody else is saying, he's admitting as an insider, we're right. And yes, they've been trying to play cover-up. Something, wow, isn't this kind of neat that Robert Kennedy Jr., a hardcore Democrat, admits they're dirty and they're out to fix your wagon and they are trying to destroy him just like they did with President Trump. Now, he didn't say that. Scott, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. He, he, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., I'll tell you, uh, the only problem I have with Robert Kennedy Jr. is he has a D in front of his name. And and if this iteration of the Democrat Party is still around, if he gained higher office, office, whatever, they would be in charge. I mean, I'm really, I'm kind of leaning toward if there is uh, any sort of malfeasance with regard to Donald Trump being uh, booted or, or the elbow being placed on the scale against Donald Trump in favor of another GOP candidate. Uh, and now we know what's going on with, uh, with Biden. He's polling at 31% in New Hampshire, and the mainstream media is shutting him down and doing everything they can. I'm seeing Trump-Kennedy ticket would blow up both parties, and I think that's our fail-safe. If that's our last resort, that Trump-Kennedy become third party and blow up both damned parties. The major media will not give uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. an ounce of coverage because they know he'll expose yeah. their film. And, and, Scott, and Scott, did you hear what I just said? The mainstream yes, media sir. is not covering it, and yet 31% of the people in New Hampshire, it's cutting through. You know why? Because the mainstream media is dead. CBS, well, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, they're all dying if not dead. Everything is cutting through right now, no matter what they do, no matter what they say. It's cutting through. People are ignoring them. Go ahead. I'm just saying it would be nice. We have a whistleblower. If somebody would say, just listen to Huckabee's interview last night of John F. Kennedy Jr., and there's an insider saying how filthy they are. All right. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. I'm assuming that's on uh, Newsmax last night on on uh, the Huckabee show. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I will. And uh, and I'll get Huckabee on or I'll get RFK on. I want to get RFK on, to be quite honest. Here's RFK. I want you to listen to what he said after the GOP debate. It was the most succinct and perfect analysis of the debate that I've heard by anybody, including the best pundits on radio. Listen. Yeah, you know, that's a good question, because it seemed to me that debate really seemed surreal uh, and tone deaf. It seemed like it was almost a rehash of all these sort of Reagan era slogans. Of, you know, I'm going to be tough on you. What did I tell you? Trump changed the party. They're never going back to that party, okay? Uh, they're never going back to the Paul Ryan, Mike Pence, uh, Mitch McConnell, wing of the party. It's not going to happen. It's gone. Let it go. And I'm going to be tough on Russia. I'm going to be tough on uh, crime. I'm going to be tough on women who are, you know, who are trying to practice bodily autonomy. But the, the issues that I'm running into, and I listen, have a listen. really interesting base because, um, you know, my voters are a lot of uh, Republicans, independents, and Democrats. So I'm, you know, the, I have overlapping bases with a lot of the yeah. guys that you saw of the, um, uh, debating last night. And I'm not hearing any of those concerns. No, you're not hearing about the uh, the fact that the average American salary is $5,000 less than their expenditures under Joe Biden's inflation. He mentioned that. 
He mentioned that a trillion dollars in credit card debt has been reached. And I said this a year ago. I said the reason why credit card debt's going up is because people don't have enough money to pay their bills. And they're living on credit cards. I know this. I lived on my Amico credit card for a year in 1990 at about 26% interest, and that's what's happening. Special guest coming up, expert on Veterans and Veterans Affairs, Paul R. Lawrence, Ph.D., going to talk to us about uh, the Biden administration not serving veterans. You know that uh, retailers are suffering when Christmas is out. Christmas stuff started showing up yesterday. I went to Costco. I normally don't go to Costco. I usually go to Sam's. But I went to Costco because my daughter's favorite taquitos are there. And you guys who have had kids, you know that Costco taquitos, once they have them, there are no other taquitos. So I go there. They got all the Christmas stuff out. The Halloween stuff is crowded out. And Christmas stuff, you know why it is? Because the economy is so crappy that they're starting the fourth quarter earlier because the only thing that's going to take American retail into, put them into the uh, black, is the fourth quarter. And this, this year's worse than ever. So literally now we're seeing the crossing of the streams. We're seeing Christmas crowding out Halloween a month and a half before, no, two months before Halloween. <laughs> so stupid. It's insane. <sighs> We all uh, know that the uh, the two-year anniversary of the devastating pullout of Afghanistan happened over the weekend. And we also, if you watch Newsmax, you know that uh, uh, a very good guy named Carl Higby hosts a show called Frontline. Now, you see Carl Higby, you see a big, strong man who does a great show. But you don't see what's going on inside. And I know that Carl Higby is one about one of the most brave people I could ever imagine. Uh, he was an Army Ranger. Uh, just, I mean, one of the most badass people you could ever, ever meet. He saw things you could never imagine. I've talked to him. He goes, oh yeah, we had to kick in the doors. We had to do all of that stuff. We had to clean houses and all of that stuff. I saw my friends die and all of that. But you'd never be able to tell that with Carl Higby on television because he keeps it right here. And he's an amazing man. And I was I was thinking about that when we booked uh, Paul Lawrence, who is uh, a U.S. Department of uh, Veterans Affairs. He always wrote, wrote this book called Veterans Benefits for you. And and I've been talking about this for a very long time. Our uh, our government does not uh, take care of our veterans, particularly those who come home uh, disabled, whether it be mentally or physically. And I think this is absurd and ridiculous, and it has to change. And Paul joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, great. Thanks for caring about me, and thanks for th- thinking about our veterans. Buddy, I got to tell you, I this Afghanistan withdrawal and the way Joe Biden treated the Gold Star mom, saying that his son returned with a flag drake casket on him as well, and then none of the uh, none of the uh, the parents of the Gold Star families of uh, the kids who died, uh, soldiers who died in Afghanistan, have gotten any follow up. And then you've got uh, in a lot of places substandard care and giant waiting lines. I heard Carl Higby talk about that two weeks ago about the waiting lines and all the rigmarole he has to go through just to get treatment. Paul, what the heck do we got to do? Why what? I know Donald Trump made some endways there, but but what's going on in the uh, the Veterans Affairs Department, the VA, and whatnot? What's happening, and what needs to be done? Well, we need to continue to encourage transparency, right? To ask questions like, how long does it take to get an appointment for health care? 
How long does it take to get my benefits? Encourage our representatives in Congress to keep asking those questions and to keep holding them to a high standard. I mean, I think we've gotten to this point where we're comfortable that things for veterans can be okay. They don't have to be good. And yet we sent them off, like you mentioned with Carl, to give us the world's best military. When they come back, they should have the world's best VA to give them timely and accurate care. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, we see these wonderful organizations who stepped up uh, Tunnel for Towers, Tunnel to Towers, and they buy veterans' homes uh, when they are profoundly disabled. And like, why in the hell, considering the the number of casualties in war, why can't we buy that? Why can't we do that? Why can't we make sure that veterans are taken care of for their entire lives, and, and yet we drop the ball every damn time? And and you know, veteran homelessness is through the ceiling. Veteran mental health crises and suicides have reached all time highs. Uh, I know that Donald Trump, when he was in office, he 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 made it so you could go see a doctor outside of the VA. Uh, right. what, what about what about that? Where is that going? And and what do you hope happens? Say, for instance, if Donald Trump gets reelected with regard well, to the VA, do you think things will get better? Yes, I do think things will get better because, as you remember, when he was candidate, as you pointed out, all during his presidency, he cared about veterans. He mentioned it often. He visited, and his empathy was not telling stories about himself or his own family. It was caring about those veterans and making sure others cared about those veterans. Now, one thing you point out, which is, you know, building homes for veterans. You're right. There's no benefit like that. But veterans have a special benefit, and I wrote about this in my book, where you can have your house adapted for your situation. Obviously, you come back in a wheelchair, you get your house adapted for things like that. So there are some benefits that veterans should look at, but you're right. We wish they were more generous, and it's great that nonprofits like Tunnels for Towers are doing that. I know there's a lot of organizations, uh, including my buddy Jack Heath at uh, the Pulse of New Hampshire. He's got an organization he works with where they uh, they have uh, realized that veterans, when they get out of the military, they are well prepared for jobs. They they get there on time. They are disciplined, but they can't manage to uh, make it work in the private sector because the private sector operates so differently. Uh, and that's I mean that's got to be a giant uh, problem for veterans, not only leaving the military, some of them uh, disabled, but those who have to adjust after a career in the military to working in the private sector. What are the biggest challenges that uh, veterans face when they try to, to they try to get a job in the real world outside the military? Well, it is a different language, right? So one of the challenges is getting your resume to reflect what the civilian world wants, not what you did in the military, right? So often it doesn't challenge. Another challenge is learning the new culture, which isn't hard. It's just different. So there's lots of resources to help veteran transition. And ironically, veterans are great employees. I mean, their veteran unemployment is well below the national average. Companies need to step up and do more to make sure they retain veterans, because often they hire a veteran, and then 18 months later the veteran grows bored and gets another job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, you've got this book. It's called uh, Veterans Benefits for You. Where can people uh, get this? Because I think it would be nice to have a compendium rather than sitting on the phone waiting for somebody, maybe help to navigate it using your book. Right. They can get it on Amazon. And as you point out, some of the benefits in there are life-changing, increase your wealth, and really put you on a good trajectory after service. All right, my brother. Paul, I appreciate you uh, joining me today, and I wish you the very best. The book is called Veterans Benefits for You, and I do appreciate your service and continuing the work that you're doing, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a great right. day. You bet. Have a great day. Have a great day. Yeah. Um, how we treat our veterans is ridiculous. 
I know a lot of veterans. I know a lot of veterans. When I was in Washington, D.C., I had to work with uh, Fisher House uh, Campaign, WMAL. I did a little bit of work with them. I didn't get as involved as I would have liked to, but I, I worked with a local uh, group called Friends in Service of Heroes, Fish. Uh, you know, you uh, uh, give a man a fish versus uh, teach him to fish. That's what it's named for, Friends in Service of Heroes. And they give uh, a service dogs to veterans, which can be life-saving. When you're, you know, debating whether you want to live or not, and you're rehashing the memory of whatever horror you saw, maybe it's your best friend dying, you know, to have that companion there is so important. I know, I speak from experience from the men that I know in the service. And then another thing they do is they do these track wheelchairs. And I've been there for the presentation of these track wheelchairs with men, like the 21-year-old man, quadriplegic, injured in basic training. 21 years old, spend the rest of your life not going to be able to move anything below your neck. And they gave him a wheelchair that goes out in the woods so he can go hunting and fishing again. Do you have any idea? Do you understand how difficult it would be just to want to live as a 21-year-old man who can't move his arms and legs? Can you imagine losing a leg? Can you imagine losing an arm? Can you imagine losing your sight? Can you imagine being profoundly disabled? I mean, number one on our list should be saving and helping and doing whatever we can to save our veterans and and help them out as they deal with a lifetime of struggle caused by the service they did for you and me. And we do a crappy job, and we've always done a crappy job, and it's time to turn it around. Ridiculous. So uh, let's talk about something a little bit different here. Let's talk about the economy. Uh, Bernie Sanders, over the weekend, Bernie Sanders, who's, uh, again, one of those East Coast elites. Bernie Sanders never really had a real job in his life. He did a little bit of mild contracting. He was a hippie. He, uh, he went to the Soviet Union to honeymoon because he looked at, uh, at Stalin as the template. I mean, he did. He did. He looked at Stalin and, and, uh, and Marx as the template. That's the way the, uh, the people in charge in Washington, D.C., uh, Democrats, that's the way they look at the world. They look at them, you know, the oligarchy that's created after the fall of Russia and, and what happened in Russia. Uh, under the Soviet Union, and they idolize it. And so uh, Bernie Sanders, despite the fact that we've got a record-setting unemployment, we've got people having to spend, uh, well, now, did you hear school supplies cost uh, 24% more this year than they did last year? Have you been to the store? This weekend I was out, I went to a tractor supply company. I know I sound like a real hick, but I'm not. But I went to a tractor supply company, um, and they had a, one of those Forrest Gump riding lawnmowers. Remember the old Toro with the, the, uh, the little steering wheel and all that? They wanted $2,900 for a Forrest Gump lawnmower. That used to cost $1,200. And before that cost $900. And that wasn't that all long ago. They wanted $2,900 for a Forrest Gump lawnmower. And I'm like, no. But uh, Bernie Sanders says, despite all the failings, uh, Barack, or I should say Barack, <laughs> well, you know, Joe Biden is, uh, is doing okay. The president has a right to be very proud of many of the accomplishments that we've achieved in the last three years. Unemployment, very, very low. We brought inflation down. Because well, all the businesses were closed. And when he opened them up, people went back to work, you see. Investing in clean energy. We're rebuilding our infrastructure. Yeah, you've been saying you're rebuilding your infrastructure for 50 years. I ain't seeing it. Uh, we have made real progress in a number of areas. Like what? But. But. The reality is. As a big but. Today. I like big buts. Normally, not this one. 60% of our people are living paycheck to paycheck. 
We have massive levels of income and wealth inequality. Other than that, Joe Biden is doing great. Three people are more wealth than the bottom half. Which has been that way forever, and the Democrats have done nothing about it. America, our health care system is a total disaster. No, 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 no. Barack Obama and uh, Obamacare, fix that. That was literally 15 years ago. That was fixed. And here Bernie Sanders is saying they haven't fixed it. 85 million people uninsured, uninsured, underinsured, while the insurance companies make huge profits. The cost of... Well, no, no, no. Obamacare was going to fix that. Pharmaceutical drugs, prescription drugs, sky high. So the point is... Well, we've, uh, we've enriched the pharmaceutical companies. What do you want? In my view, the president should tout his very good record. We have got to continue to defend women's right to control their own bodies. Yeah, uh, except for if uh, women are going to be uh, forced to compete with men. Then they don't care. Here is uh, Jim Gossett as Bernie Sanders. This land's not your land. This land is our land. From the coast of Cali to a New York alley. Joe Biden is doing a great job. Nothing would be final. If you like the Soviet Union. it to China. This land was made for the CCP. <laughs> Crime is through the ceiling. Crime. There's no racial healing. Nah, well, schools teach CRT. Yep. Teachers are trannies. No, Biden is left wing. He's owned by Beijing. <laughs> Joe sold his soul to the CCP. And Ukraine, and Romania. This land's not your land. This land is our land. And we'll destroy it. That's what we've got planned. To see will cower till he takes power. This land is for the CCP. Yeah, I'm going to try and call uh, Joe Biden President Joe from now on. President Joe from now on. And uh, uh, many of you have kids going back to school today. My daughter went back to school. Well, it's a college, so it's a little bit different. She went back last Monday. A lot of schools do it before Labor Day weekend, which is coming up, and uh, or then after. They, they usually try to do it before. That way they can hit their ground running on Tuesday of next week. But uh, you may notice that school supplies have gone uh, astronomical. Well, I think this is just part of, of the uh, larger... There's a Newsmax panel about it on Friday. Sure, ...surrounding Bidenomics, which is that the American family today is demonstrably poorer than they were when he took office. What? And I think that's one of the reasons why this administration... Yeah, that's not what Bernie Sanders said. ...talking points on the economy are really falling flat on so many Americans because they are essentially being told by the White House, don't believe your lying eyes and don't believe your empty wallets. Instead, <laughs> yeah. believe us when we tell you you are better off. But the facts say otherwise. When you include not just back-to-school spending, but everything that the typical family has to buy during the course of a year, you see that the average American family is about $6,800 poorer today than in January of 2021. And when you make $29,000 a year, that's devastating. It's happening all over the country. And you get it, too. And, and if they want to campaign on Bidenomics, have at thee. As, uh, as Napoleon said, uh, never interrupt your enemy in the process of destroying himself. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. You know, the Army is having to um, change its ads. 
Now, you think that Generation Z is down with us uh, transgender nonsense and all this. They're not. Gen Z is not. Gen Z is learning lessons from uh, millennials. Millennials is the first, and nothing against millennials. You know, you guys are uh, getting ready to enter middle age. Welcome to it, millennials. Um, but um, millennials were the first fully indoctrinated generation. Uh, Gen X uh, missed a lot of the indoctrination, and uh, millennials got the full-blown uh, kindergarten through college indoctrination of the left. And millennials come along, and the adults in, the, in their lives really bleeped up everything. Uh, they uh, they went down with this idiotic, uh, all of these restrictions to closing down schools, destroyed children's education, ruined young children, not recognizing faces and things like that, and and all of that. And so Gen Z is like, you know what? Screw you. Uh, screw you. And uh, we're going to do something else. But anyway, so Gen Z, they've had to redo these ads uh, that they've been running um, for the Army because the woke stuff, you know, hey, my mom's got two moms. Or my, 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 I've got two moms. And, you know, I'm trans and all that. You know, they don't care. So they got a new ad. It's called First Arrival. Shows a diverse class of suits waking up, saying goodbye to their family members before boarding for basic training. Then first target as a male-female duo loading and firing a tank shell. And so they're having to turn uh, this around and uh, and uh, pretend, at least anyway, that the military is actually there to uh, defend us. So it's doing a face plant. That's why I'm I'm still hopeful for Gen Z for all of the crap that they went through, by the way. Uh, let's go to Claude in Arbutus. Hello there, Claude. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Well, I, I had an ambulance that I went around. I mean, I want you to look it up on a... Just Google, man, with an ambulance helped the homeless. And my ambulance went up, and um, me and um, Mark Simon, we used to do the veteran show. I know, I know you know what I'm talking about. He greeted you when you came to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have an idea. We're trying to, I got a mobile home that you can drive around in that I could get a hold of for about six grand from a friend of mine that's in great shape that we were going to make a mobile crisis thing for the veterans. But I have no money to get it at this point. Well, there's a, there's also, Claude, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. What I would recommend is that you do your own crowdfunding on that. I don't know what is involved in the complexities of uh, establishing something like that, if there's regulations involved in all that, Claude. But I would recommend talking to a local uh, veterans group, and I would consider crowdfunding on your own. Because I don't know. I'm not a 501c3, but... I got money coming from the fire department because I got hurt on the job. So when I get my settlement, I am going to get it and help these homeless people some way, somehow, because our veterans do not deserve this, man. I know, bro. Now, Claude, I, I appreciate your your efforts, and I could, I know you're feeling it in your heart. When I see these homeless people, and I see places like San Francisco, where these people, and a lot of them are kids walking around like zombies, I, I think they're people. They're people, and nobody cares about them. You know why? Because they're just addicts. So it could be a homeless person. It could be a homeless dude who, who lost his best buddy in battle or saw his best friend blown up beside him in an MRAP in Iraq. And they're on the street now, and they're just looking for the next high so they can forget about the daily grind of just living. So I appreciate your efforts, Claude. I'm not sure where to take you, but I would definitely consider talk to a local veterans charity and channel your, your energy and your resources because you've got to do it the right way. But I appreciate your passion. Thanks for the phone call, Claude. I do appreciate that uh, very much. Did you hear what happened in New York over the weekend? 
New York, they had uh, they had protests. They had protests in front of Gracie Mansion about illegals coming into the city. We're going to talk about that. It looks like uh, Democrats are turning against Democrat leaders. We still have that Victor Shokin audio. I think you're going to love that's coming up. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Worldwide Web. This is the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Here's the number eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Got a little frog in the throat this morning. Um, I, you know, I heard a lot of people with allergies uh, this weekend. I don't know what the deal is. Something popped in the last week or so, at least where I live in the Midwest. I hope you had a good weekend, though. Got a lot of things I want to get to this hour. Um, <clears throat> I want to mention this, and I, and I started the monologue on Friday, the show with this. I'm remaining optimistic about uh, the country because we are in the midst of a great awakening. Uh, awakening, I should say. The woking thing is over. That's that's in the past. The only thing it's, that woke is hanging on to is in the public sector, and uh, the private sector is realizing it's a giant uh, piece of crap. So <clears throat> we are winning. Uh, good is winning, and 74% of the American people believe the country's going the wrong direction. The mugshot on uh, last week of Donald Trump actually brought the hood and the trailer park together. And that's going to be a pretty uh, unstoppable force. It really, really will. And then just people who, you know, <clears throat> middle-income folks who uh, are suffering right now, because many of us are suffering. We know that, you know, I used to be able to buy uh, groceries for a family for six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars $800 a month. You can't do that now. You can't do it now. Yesterday I was at uh, Aldi. <clears throat> Aldi, I found chicken breast for two like forty nine. I bought them. I bought a pack of chicken breast because uh, on sale they're two eighty nine. When Donald Trump was a president, they were dollar eighty seven. When Donald Trump was president, where I am, gas was a dollar eighty. Yesterday I filled up for just shy of four dollars. So <clears throat> at the height of inflation, when Joe Biden was in office, I paid ninety four dollars to fill my truck. It went down briefly to about 40, and now is back up to about 70. So there you go. And when you're on <clears throat> a fixed income or when you're on a, you know, you're working two or three jobs, which many of you are. My wife was able to give up her part-time job at Ace. She held on to it. We haven't really needed it for, you know, a while. We just kept it for the discount. And, you know, some nights she just doesn't want to be here with me. I think she'd rather just be working. I mean, honestly, you know, you've been married for a while. It's like, hey, go do your thing. Go do your thing. So, you know, things are, things are happening. People are beginning to wake up to all of the nonsense. They're seeing, you know, what's going on with uh, Ukraine. And they're seeing what has happened in, uh, in Hawaii, all of this. And people are, are angry about it. And, and so I'm very optimistic. And there are two ways <clears throat> that we can look at this. I mentioned in my, my monologue on Friday that there were two great movements toward freedom that were earth-shattering the first year that I graduated from college. And they were Tiananmen Square and the fall of the Berlin Wall. They happened within, I think, about six months of one another. And the Berlin Wall, you know, we saw people standing on the wall, <clears throat> knocking over the wall. And the Soviet Union fell peacefully, uh, thanks to Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, Lech Walesa, uh let's see who else, uh, Pope John Paul II, and a little bit of, uh, of uh, Gorbachev. Gorbachev introduced a, a thing called glasnost, but there was no stopping it once people realized how badly they were being treated versus the rest of the world. Then, Tiananmen Square, same kind of thing. People gather in a Tiananmen Square peacefully. Man stands in front of a tank, gets the tank to stop course. We're thinking, oh my God, freedom is coming to China. And what happened? 
they shut off the lights, they shut down all media, and they murdered those people. And they ran them over with tanks, and they washed their bones and flesh into the storm drains. That's what happened. Right now, our government is leaning toward the latter. Because for three years, they have used the same tactics of Mao's revolution. They have. They've shut down free speech. They've controlled free speech. They've changed the language. Uh, they've introduced absurdity into, uh, into our uh, schools. And anytime anyone has attempted to say anything opposite of the accepted government narrative, it was called misinformation, disinformation, or in the case of Robert Kennedy Jr., malinformation, which was a new word, which is, yeah, speaking the truth, but it's inconvenient to the government's line. And that's where it becomes super-duper evil. Super-duper evil. And that's what we're up against. And the government is going to try and take us down the Tiananmen Square line. I'm not joking. I wish I were. January the 6th, I really, that day, I was thinking, oh, my God, we have a Berlin Wall movement. We got a million people in Washington, D.C. They're going to march peacefully to the Capitol. I didn't know that the crowd had been infiltrated by FBI and Antifa. That's how people were able to tap out window glass in the front of the building and get in, reach in, unlock the doors, something of being let in. And, and if you don't believe me, those people, their activity of the day stopped then. Going after police officers, riling up the crowd, breaking into the building. Do you know how I know that? Because when people went into the building, they didn't destroy anything. They went in, they used the bathroom, and they took pictures. So there you go. So the uh, the people are awake, the people are singing, and they're angry, and they're seeing how badly the government is treating us. One of those places is uh, is Maui. <clears throat> I'm going to cover this because I think it's very, 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 very important. And um, uh, uh, Maui has uh, has gotten some. Uh, uh, not it, it, whenever you see coverage like this with a lot of questions answered, uh, not answered, you you begin to question, right? It, it's like this uh, this uh, chef of Obama. You know, they've closed the case, but there are a lot of unanswered questions, like who was he paddleboarding with? Why were his clothes separated? Why did Secret Service make the phone call? Uh, da, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all it does is rise suspicions, right? So when you see what happened in Maui, and you see that Joe Biden lit- literally casually said no comment twice <clears throat> when asked about Maui, he was on vacation as Maui was burning. We all knew that hundreds of people were going to be dying in this. He took a break from vacation to fly to Maui for six hours. Then he went on another vacation. Before he went on vacation, before he went to Maui, he said no comment twice about Maui. And then over the weekend, a white guy who's insane shoots three black people at Dollar General, and he had a prepared statement. You see what I mean? But Maui, they're hiding something from us and that that thing they're hiding is the horror we're going to discover because we're seeing drone footage of cars parked along the crowded boulevard by the seashore and each one of those cars by and large unless a lot of those people were able to escape into the ocean died in the cars They burned to death in the cars. Hundreds of American citizens, hundreds of American citizens 
many of them children, burned to death, huddling in fear. And all of it was because the idiots in charge didn't know how to get things done. They didn't sound off the alarms. They didn't have water. The water was shut off. The uh, the uh, only paved road out of Lahaina was blocked. People had to go around it. Many of them turned around after the blockage, went back into town, and died. And this is David Muir, ABC News, talking to a boat captain who tried to rescue people. He took his boat to the seashore to try to help people. And here's what he had to say. Remember when I said, I said that Maui was Pompeii meets World Trade Center. And yet our government is so tone deaf, Joe Biden didn't turn up till 14 days later. And right now, about 1,000 FEMA agents are being put up in five-star hotels. The resorts on Maui are booked by FEMA agents, but don't worry, we're not paying market rate. Only 530 bucks a night. Here's David Muir and this captain. Look at these charred buildings and the melted cars all along Front Street. I mean, it's as though these families just, they got trapped. When you think about the, the people still unaccounted for here, this is what they're covering up. It's, it's just one of the heaviest um, thoughts to think about. I know that there's, um, I got three young kids, and I just imagine what, what would, I'm just so thankful you know, I wasn't in here. I heard stories that people. Doesn't this sound like the old Soviet Union? Think about this. What happened when Chernobyl happened? The government denied it happened. They didn't interview anybody. They just shut it. Think about how close we're becoming that, guys. Think how close we are. That, that the government bleeping things up, they shut down the media from covering it. That's exactly what they did in the Soviet Union. Just see um, families huddled together, and it said it looks like it's Pompeii. They're just calcified frozen in time and then when i heard that because <clears throat> uh, schools were in that day it was so windy that a lot of these were, were children at home <laughs> you remember when uh, the media used to speak truth to power remember that we have a media that covered up east palestine ohio we have a media that is covering for a shooter in Nashville, keeping her, his, its, uh, a manifesto quiet from us. <clears throat> we have a government that is covering up Maui and the number of people who died there. That's exactly like the Soviet Union used to do it. Except for we have a media that <laughs> slavishly is devoted to the government. It's really, really, really sickening. Here's a woman in Maui talking about the government response. And this is unbelievable. And everybody in this country, Democrat, Republican, black, white, poor, rich, whatever, need to be pissed about this. So today, I haven't had any money come in. I haven't had anybody call me back. I didn't have anything. I, I have no idea. I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost my animals. I mean, come on, man. We're not getting anything. So today, I still didn't get my meds. I cannot get my meds yet. My, med my medicine was all burnt in my house. 
my rent money was all burnt in my house. I have no money anymore. I think Joe Biden should take his $700 and get back on the plane and go home. Yeah, you wish. This is a story of a woman who uh, tried to get back in town and save her son. But she was stopped by government officials before she would do to do, she was able to, and consequently, the worst thing imaginable happened. On what should have been Guillermo Fuentes's 15th birthday, friends and family honored his life at the same park where he learned to walk as a baby. He had a very kind heart, a very good heart. The teen was home alone, enjoying the last day of summer vacation, wow. when flames <laughs> tore through the town of Lahaina. We saw the strong smoke in the air. Fuentes' adoptive mom, Luz Vargas, who runs a local cleaning service, was working five miles away. As soon as they learned the fire was ravaging the area, she and her husband, Andres, jumped in the car and raced toward their burning neighborhood. With traffic at a standstill, she took off running. I was told, don't go, don't go, but I responded, my son. At one point, Vargas says she ran into a police barricade. I threw myself on the floor. I lifted my hands up and I begged God. After running past the officers, she says a man on a motorcycle took her to the front line of the fire, where a team of first responders assured her the area had been cleared. Listen. I was told there's nobody there now. Have faith that your son got out. Two days later, the family finally made it to the devastated home. When we arrived, everything had been consumed by the fire. But when I got to his bedroom, he was there, lying and hugging my dog. But he was not as I expected, in ashes. God maintained him like this, so we knew it was him. Vargas's Unbelievable. You know, you, um, you Democrats who are so thrilled about the uh, mugshot of Donald Trump, and you're so thrilled, you know, that, uh, that you can get away with lies about Donald Trump. You're so thrilled that four indictments never been heard of in, uh, in history, all nonsense. And you're, you're fine with that abuse. You're completely fine when it involves your political enemy. But this government's lying about stuff like this. If the government lies about death caused by government malfeasance, you better pull your head out of your butts because it's coming your way and it's already there. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Oh, there is nothing like a little Ed Zeppelin on a Monday. <clears throat> you know, a government that will lie to you about a fire and its causes and the number of the dead in Maui is a government that will lie about anything to you. And, uh, and clearly, our federal government and local authorities are covering their asses for absolute malfeasance in Maui from this uh, pagan in charge of the uh, emergency response system who wanted equity with regard to water. And so the poor people in, in Lahaina, they were off working their multiple jobs to pay the bills. They left their children at home. Their children burned to death. And the parents who were trying to escape with their children burned to death in their cars. And I'm going to tell you the honest truth about it because I, I know it. I hear it. I see it. And we've seen this before with every, every leftist uh, regime before they collapsed. And I believe this Maoist attempted at takeover of the country will collapse. 
But it's going to get big and really ugly before that. And so what I would ask is that for those of you who are involved in government work, for those of you who are military members, those of you who are members of the judicial system, those who are, you know, in whatever capacity, I know that many of you are very disappointed with with the agencies you work for and the corruption that you see. Don't follow them into the night. Don't follow them into the destruction of the United States. We can come together and save this country. We don't need to come to blows on this. It's all already out there. What is going to have to happen is Joe Biden is going to have to be impeached for his crimes. It's very clear. Another thing that is going to have to happen is that these four indictments of Donald Trump are going to have to be stopped. And how they're going to do that is Jim Jordan is launching inquiries. He's going to tie them together and work on uh, charges of this being a conspiracy and a collusion to throw an election. You combine this with an impeachment inquiry, and then impeachment will tie together the Biden administration working with the DOJ to target Trump and other political enemies. And all of this will come real fast, really big, and I think we can avoid uh, conflict, physical conflict, and I think we can also have an election that is free and fair, which the Democrats don't want. But that's just me. Mike Pence, he was on TV this weekend, and despite his appearance on the GOP debate last garnered half the ratings it did when Donald Trump. Pence is optimistic. I remain confident, more confident after Wednesday night, that the Republican nominee will not be the former president, that we're going to give the American people a standard bearer uh, for the GOP that's going to be able to lead us to victory against Joe Biden. And on that moment, Mike Pence's career officially died. Uh, Its heartbeat ceased beating at midnight on Friday. Mike Pence, uh, the remembrance of his service in government will be tomorrow, followed by the funeral for his political career, which will be held on Sunday. Oh, I came up with a new uh, theme song for Kevin McCarthy and Republicans who are afraid, even though they were willing to, uh, you know, uh, impeach Donald Trump and sit back and watch Donald Trump impeach twice, and yet they're dithering on Joe Biden despite mountains of evidence of corruption. Here's the new Rhino Republican theme song. I want McCarthy. I want Schumer. Not say he's a Democrat. I want uh, McConnell. I want Cheney. Oh, she's not in the office anymore. I want Ryan. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Every time that uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy dithers on uh, on impeachment, I'm gonna play this. There you go. That's the new theme song. Somebody I'll never play it for is John Kennedy. He had this to say about Hunter Biden and Joe this weekend. It's brilliant. Hunter Gate is about two things. Privilege and sleaze. President Biden and many members of the media lecture us incessantly about the injustice of, uh, of privilege. He'll never get the Meow Meow theme song. White privilege. He will not get the Meow Meow theme song. Uh, a little more audio from him, and then we will get to that Shokin audio. The number is 800-922-6680. <laughs> this is The Rob Carson Show. I got a little smile on my face. 
There's some things that I, I look online just to get a smile, like when the uh, Young Turks uh, realized that Hillary Clinton was going to lose that night. I, I love to watch them, especially the big fat doofus. Who, I can't remember his name. But anyway, I, I laugh. I was like, oh, my God. And then I see like the people who were there for uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's big victory celebration with the, the barge and the glass ceiling, and they're all crying. It always makes me kind of smile because, you know, we're the underdogs. We're the ones who were called deplorable and all this, and she got her arse kicked by him. So it makes me smile. <clears throat> Today I'm, I'm smiling because climate protesters tried to block a road in Nevada, and the tribal police got involved. So these little uh, uh, these little, uh, whatever, they're millennial whatevers are out, and they decide to, to uh, uh, block the road for the Burning Man Festival. And, uh, and apparently, uh, the, uh, the uh, tribe that uh, runs the land there, their sheriff's department, decided to uh, literally go run over the, uh, the climate protesters and the signs and the road blockage. Here's the glorious audio from it. it it's really fun. And they were whining like little babies because they thought they could close the, uh, they thought they little temper tantrum would get away with it. climate defiance is the group there you go there you go chaos it's chaos ran right over their signs and everything it is so fantastic oh my god ran right over it sent them all crying everything and this is what we have to do to all of them this is this is what we have to do to all of these idiots who uh, who get in the middle of the street. Uh, you have no right to be in the middle of the street and you should be run over. Sorry nobody got hurt uh, you know, but honestly, this is what you do when you uh, when you, uh, you block off roads because you're having a little snotty little temper tantrum when the uh, adults in the room don't do what you say. That's what happens. You get your little party broken up. That made me laugh. It made me smile today. I'll post that on social media because, you know, it's just so wonderful to see hippies uh, get their butts kicked. Um, <laughs> hippies. Hippies. Like, I know what a hippie is. I, you know, my hippies were already, you know, past when I was born. But, uh, you know, kind of the same... Uh, the same mantra. I, I mentioned this uh, this Victor Shokin audio. I need to play this today because it is important. Victor Shokin was the uh, prosecutor in charge of um, uh, Burisma. And uh, did you know this? The, the criminal case against Burisma started before Shokin. And Hunter Biden was brought into Burisma so that they could essentially figuratively get in the pants of Joe Biden and get the uh, prosecutor and the investigation of Burisma stopped. And guess what? It worked beautifully. It worked just beautifully. And, and no doubt about it, that Joe Biden's presidency is going to end because of this. I, I really do believe that. Uh, by hook or by crook, he's not going to be the candidate. Uh, you know, I could be surprised. Could I be wrong? Oh, hell yeah. I hate to tell you this. Even your favorite political pundits of all time were wrong occasionally. It just it just happens, but I have a feeling that uh, that this is going to end before all that happens because you are demanding it. But here is uh, uh, Victor Shokin talking about uh, Joe Biden and what was in it, what was in it for him. Poroshenko fired me at the insistence of the then Vice President Biden because I was investigating Burisma. Other than that, I seriously, uh, go dig up a statute from 1870 to go after Donald Trump for nothing while ignoring this. Uh, you understood me correctly. This is how it was. Uh, there were no complaints whatsoever, no problems with how I was performing at uh, my job. But because pressure was repeatedly put on President Poroshenko, it's like all the FBI agents who were investigating Hillary Clinton's charity before they were all taken off the case and they blew up the case entirely. Did you know that? Well, you do now. Uh, that is uh, what ended up in uh, him firing me.
When yeah, it's you, like the two whistleblowers, the IRS. The IRS went after them when they came forward with, with the truth. These are good employees, just like uh, Victor Shokin here. Saw the tape of Vice President Biden saying you had six hours to fire you or you're not going to get the billion dollars. Not only the position of President Poroshenko, the office of President Poroshenko was humiliated, but the entire country of Ukraine was humiliated. And uh, I developed a very firm understanding of the fact that Vice President, the Vice President was only acting in his own interests. Yeah, he was. Oh, did you hear this? You know, we can't get a itemized list of all the money that we're sending over there. And we're going to be sending another like 20 or 40 billion dollars, right? Meanwhile, the people in uh, in uh, Lahaina in Maui, they got $700 per household. Well, uh the uh Ukraine's National Anti-Corruption Bureau and the Specialized Anti-Corruption Prosecutors Office have exposed a scheme involving the embezzlement of 62 million dollars during Ukrainian railways procurement of food supplies amidst the ongoing conflict. So what they're doing is they're seizing the food supplies and they're artificially increasing the uh, the cost that is reimbursed by up to 150% and we're paying for it. Now I had always he- also heard and seen that as much as $400 million had been skimmed off the top of US aid for uh, Ukrainian oligarchs including the current president president who liked to come here wearing a uh, a jogging suit like a uh, uh, a mafioso and uh, drape his flag over our congressional desk as Nancy Pelosi stood there and uh, and worshiped at his feet so yeah there we go and again you know people are beginning to get this this is Shokin um why he was um uh, why? Uh, oh, yeah. Why uh, the the company hired uh, Hunter Biden in the first place? I have no doubt that there were illegal activities engaged in by uh, Burisma. As a matter of Shut fact, up. the criminal case had been started before me. It continued to expand. And Zlochevsky, who at the time held the post of minister and was the founder and CEO of uh, Burisma, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was uh, among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result. So, yes, to answer your question, there, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Burisma was engaged in illegal activities. Isn't it funny that all of the money that has flowed to uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden is from the worst countries in the world, the most corrupt countries in the world, have given money to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? You know why? Because they're the ones who are susceptible to it. They're the ones who can be blackmailed. They're the ones who will pay the money for this. They, and they did some shopping, man. And they sold, they sold the influence to the worst people on earth with the worst intentions in their heart. Those are the people that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden bedded down with so they could feather their nest. Here is uh, Victor Shokin um, talking about uh, the, uh, the, the abject prosec- or, uh, uh, corruption of the Bidens. But my firm personal conviction is that, yes, this was the case. They were being bribed. The fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in uh, U.S. Uh, money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing. Isn't that alone a case of corruption? You, you would think, and by the way, the money had already been guaranteed by the, by the government. The, uh, the federal government had determined that Ukraine had made enough progress with regard to 
investigating and stopping corruption, that the money was already there. It was already theirs to have. Joe Biden made it contingent on firing the prosecutor going after his son. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. And, uh, and he also says that Joe Biden had a hand in the war that we're involved in over there. There is no doubt that uh, his actions have uh, damaged the U.S. reputation in Ukraine. It is public knowledge. Uh, Everybody knows that it was because of uh, Joe Biden's actions that uh, Russia was able to claim Crimea without firing a single... I remember when uh, Joe said, yeah, they they can do a minor incursion. Remember that? That was a red light, man. Uh, Which, of course, eventually led to a full-scale war that is currently uh, underway. And uh, I do talk uh, about this uh, in my book. But yes, the damage has been done. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, you know, if you look at history and you look at all the lies and all the corruption and all the BS, including, you know, trying to uh, cover up what happened in Maui and East Palestine. We're very much like the former Soviet Union right now. And what happened to the Soviet Union? Well, it collapsed. It collapsed under its own weight. And and that's not the federal government. I'm not talking about our federal government collapsing. Excuse me. I'm talking about this iteration, this uh, Maoist, comp- uh, you know, this Maoist takeover of our government. I think it's going to end. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen there before, before that happens. Another thing that, you know, the government is ignoring, but you and I are completely aware of, is the crisis of the border. vast majority of Americans concerned about the situation at the U.S. border. 82% of respondents say they are concerned. 47% saying they're very concerned. An additional 35% saying they're somewhat concerned. Just 13% said they're not concerned at all. 4% are unsure. Okay, so they're the clueless people you don't care about. Excuse me. Got a little frog going here today. But it is catching on. And, and it's really interesting that these northern cities like New York are finally realizing the folly of uh, open borders, the folly of sanctuary cities. Because what Democrats do very well is virtue signal. But they are not willing to pay the price of the policies that they endorse. Okay, we we saw that with the illegals going to Martha's Vineyard, they would have nothing to do with those those wretched people from uh, across the southern border. They would have nothing to them, and they sent them immediately to a military base. Meanwhile, in New York, you got enough trouble to deal with. You got taxes out of the ceiling. You've got Manhattan, many parts of Manhattan, just dropping into the pits of hell. Everything smells like pot. You got homeless people camping out, literally camping out in ATM vestibules. I've been there. You got homeless people whizzing between buildings. I saw that too. You see uh, all sorts of crime going through the ceiling in places like Chicago, which we'll get to in a second. And, and then on top of that, you've got people, seriously, you've got people who are being put up in hotel rooms across the country, no problem. We've got illegals that are being shipped and put up in hotel rooms, you know, paying over market rate in places like New York, selling out entire hotels. These, uh, these uh, non-government agencies getting billions of our dollars to put people up in these hotels, and yet you can't find a hotel room or an alternate place for people in East Palestine or Maui live. Isn't that ridiculous? Well, it came home to roost this weekend because outside of Gracie Mansion in New York, 
protesters on both sides of the political equation protested Eric Adams and his idiotic sanctuary city and uh, and uh, open border policy. I told you, over 70% of the American cup, uh, you know, uh, country feel that it's going in the wrong direction. And even Democrats know this. That's why Robert Kennedy Jr. is now polling at 31% in New Hampshire. Because Robert Kennedy Jr. is the first honest and fresh voice I've heard in Democrat politics, at least as a candidate, in my lifetime. He is the most relatable. He is the most uh, down with the struggle uh, of uh, people who are who are really, really suffering in this country. Of anybody that I've seen on the national scene, including Barack Obama, who is an elitist, who hasn't said a damned thing about Chicago and hasn't said a damned thing about Maui. Do you get it? Then Curtis Sliwa decided to show up, and he got a chant going. You'll like this. Ask the baby the elites in New York and they, you know, they live in their million dollar apartments or two million dollar apartments or whatever apartments and they get their groceries delivered. They don't feel this. They don't care. But the average person in New York City, they get it. And even even now, some of the elites are beginning to get it. In Chicago, listen to this. Mayor Brandon Johnson, he's suing two automakers for lack of theft prevention as car crimes surge 104%. So 104% increase in, uh, in the number of car crimes, uh, kids, like little kids, like 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, stealing cars. This is happening in Washington, D.C. This is happening all over the country in inner-city, Democrat-run cities, enclaves. And Brandon Johnson is going after Kia. Brandon Johnson is suing two car manufacturers because the cars are too easy to steal. Well, while we're at it, uh, why don't you go ahead and sue Macy's for making it too easy to smash and grab everything in the store with a dozen of your friends? How about that, you moron? Brandon Johnson has gone from zero to negative 100 faster than anybody I've ever seen. And I have a funny feeling the Democrat, that the people of Chicago didn't, didn't vote for this jackass. I think that there is a massive union money machine that corrupts elections in Chicago. And and I swear to God, Lori Lightfoot being voted out meant that Chicagoans were done with this crap. It wasn't a double down, but that's what the election of Mayor Brandon Johnson has done. Let's take a break, come back, wrap things up on the show with something a little lighter. This is the Rob Carson Show. Got a nice note from Robin. 
She said, I've, uh, I hope uh, I have your correct contact information. I, I discovered you love your shows, love them both. I've been looking for something like your show since Rush passed. Uh, you're it. Yay. Hoo-hoo. Um, <clears throat> I tried to contact my local radio station, KWOS, K-W-O-S uh, to suggest they carry your show, but I haven't gotten a reply yet, so I stream your show on KDAZ Albuquerque. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate that. Um, if you if you do want the show carried on a local affiliate, <clears throat> it's it's tricky uh, getting a show on your local station because there are networks in charge of a lot of different shows. Uh, we are part of the Newsmax Radio Network, and and so when when you first started, we've been in the show. It's it's less than two years we've been doing this. And so we've, we're growing affiliates. We added uh, Benny Media in New Hampshire. We're in Vegas. We're all over the country. But we're growing it. And it is an, it is a, an arduous uh, practice at times. And a lot of times there are other talk show hosts. We don't want to you know, step on anybody's toes. <clears throat> but if you have a local station or you know the program director, say, hey, man, check out this Rob Carson guy. Uh, chances are if they're in broadcasting and they're over 40, they know who I am, okay, because I've been in the business a long time. But just say, hey, man, you know, this guy's funny. He, he uh, you know, gets the points across. And, and he, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, you, whatever reason you like the, uh, the show, just give him, a, give him a call. Say, hey, man, think about uh, picking up the, uh, the Rob Kern. Uh, because we are growing, we're going to continue to grow because the message is positive, And it's not just pound on the desk, okay? Hey, you know what we need to do? We need to do a who caught the stupid update. And I got a good one for you. Stupid, 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 stupid. People, people, just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Miss Blue. Who got stupid? So across it's the... It's stupid to have a good turn. Uh, the recreational weed industry is verging on collapse uh, due to steep taxes, plunging prices, a glut of competition, and thriving illicit pot. According to uh, uh, the U.S. legalized marijuana industry, buckling under the strain of plunging prices, patchwork state regulation, and burdensome taxes, analysts and industry groups say. This includes in California... Where, I mean, if you can't make money selling weed in California, there's something wrong with you. Recreational cannabis, 23 states legal. Last year, state-regulated medical and recreational pot sales topped $26 billion. But because of all the regulation and all of the nonsense, they're going broke already. In California, dispensary chain MedMen at the Apple Store of Weed teeters on the brink of financial ruin, while in New Jersey, a trade group warns the industry is stagnating in the doom loop due to licensing delays. So, yes, even in California, where it should be as easy as, I don't know, taking candy from a baby, you they are destroying legalized pot. They're, they're actually making it hard to sell pot to Californians. And that's stupid. Stupid. Just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Miss Blue. Who got stupid? I wonder how many people have to go back to their dealers and say, hey, man, I, uh, I know I went to that chain, but I'm going to have to get you back on my list. <laughs> Let's take a break, come back, and wrap things up. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I thought it was a pretty darn good one. If you want to uh, listen to it again or if you missed part of it or you want to share it with others, just go to the Rob Carson Show podcast. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen, Newsmax.com slash listen. Have a glorious day, guys. We have a lot of things to be positive about. we got to fight. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, do not catch the stupid.